0: Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady. Your eyes do not deceive you. This is a solo episode, if you can believe it. It's just me, and um, I want to apologize in advance if I sound like shit because I don't have my microphone with me. Uh, I've got some splaining to do. There's a lot going on right now, and I really, it's dire that I fill you in on, like, what's happening at this moment. So, I am in Dallas, Texas, (laughs) in the gayest of neighborhoods I've ever seen. I'm so excited. And this weekend, um Zach, who you guys all know from this podcast and basically being my co-host, uh, we're going to a horror movie convention and we're about to fucking meet Nev Campbell. Okay. So that's why I'm in Dallas. That's why I don't have a microphone, and that's why you are getting a fun little impromptu solo dolo episode. Um, you guys, I'm about to meet Nev Campbell. Like, I, I I just, I can't. I don't know what to say. I don't know what not to say. You know what I want to say. You know that I want to walk up to her and I just want to give a, don't touch me. I want to give one of those. I want to give a, God damn it, Dewey. I want to give one of those. I want to do a lip quiver. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to say to her. But yeah, we bought the photo op for for Nev, um, and it's going to be fun, and also uh, Jesse Shambliss, who's also been on this podcast many times, who I did all my Ashley episodes with, he lives in Dallas, so we're hanging out with him, it's it's fun, it's like a podcasting, a podcasting reunion, or something, I don't fucking know, anyway, I brought my Polaroid camera, I actually, I bought a Polaroid camera on Amazon for this occasion, and yeah, I just I cannot fucking wait to meet Nev Campbell. The next time I talk to you guys, I will have met the Queen. I hope I will have met Sydney Prescott, and I'm so excited. Also, I should mention for the horror people who care. So there's a screen panel this weekend at this place. So it's like Nev and Ski Ulrich and like the whole cast. Obviously not like um, Rose or um, Courtney, but like the whole cast is here. And then the second day is a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. And you guys know what that means to me. Specifically Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. The whole cast will be there. So yeah, I'm really, really, really excited. It's going to be a fun weekend. And we have business to tend to. We have things to talk about. And before we get into it, I do want to apologize again if you can hear the air conditioner. It's, again, I'm in Dallas. It's far too fucking hot to turn it off. And i just won't be <laughs> so please bear with me i don't think it's that loud i've been listening back and trying to figure out if you can hear it i don't think that it's you know obnoxiously loud but i apologize if it is in way so i've had people many times uh message me dm me reach out and say that you should do an episode of your britney favorites like Favorite live performance, favorite album, favorite streetwear look, just every favorite thing that you can think of. And I've always wanted to do something like that. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. And I thought, what better time than now when I'm just sitting in this hotel room for a few hours by myself to like really think about this and really give it like a, a thoughtful, you know, like very well thought out answer. My favorites of all the things. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm just going to go down a list of things. I'm going to do album, actually, I made a list, hold on a second, okay, so in my mind, the list consists of album, era, music video, live performance, interview, documentary, red carpet look, streetwear look, and a favorite Britney quote, right? I thought that would be fun, maybe I'll throw in like a paparazzi video or something, depending on how long this goes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's just get started. I'm ready. I'm excited to just like hang out. So I'm gonna start with a really random one that we haven't talked about before. And obviously, even the ones that we've talked about, my answers change all the time, so it doesn't even matter, right? But I'm gonna start with music video, and I want to start with this one because I actually think the answer will absolutely shock you guys. It's not slave for you. It's not overprotected. It's not toxic it's very unexpected (laughs) and i'll explain my favorite Britney Spears music video is don't let me be the last to know it's just a really really special song to me and it's special for so many reasons let's just start with the fact that Britney in her career can say that she has a song written by Shania Shania and Mutt Lang and I know that Mutt Lang is a piece of shit, but like how lucky that she got, you know, that was like Shania's golden years. That was when she was releasing her best work. Like her partnership with Mutt Lang creatively was just on another level. So the fact that during that time, Britney got to work with Mutt and Shania. And I know that like the song, like Britney and Shania didn't necessarily get to like be in the studio together. But at the same time, when you listen to Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know, It literally sounds like Britney doing a cover of a Shania Twain song. It sounds like a really special, like Shania Twain wedding song. You know, it gives me, um, forever and for always vibes. You know, I just, I love that song, but the music video. So if you don't know, if you don't, if you just so happen to not follow me on Instagram somehow, you may not know (laughs) that I am obsessed with Herb Ritz. I am obsessed with Herb Ritz, everything he's done, his photography, his music videos, his commercial, like everything. Uh, you know, his relationships with different people, with Madonna and with Janet Jackson and Naomi Campbell and Michael and Whitney. And, you know, he just, I love Herb Ritz and I just cherish any work that Britney got to do with him before he died because he's sort of, Like, he died around the time that she was really, really coming into her own. Um, but he has photographed her a few times, and he directed this music video, and I believe this may have been the last music video he directed. I want to fact check that. Okay, so actually, Shakira's Underneath Your Clothes is the last video he ever did. That was in 2001. Don't Let Me Be The Last To Know came out the year prior. Um... And I know that, like, I've read that Britney chose him to direct that music video because she was inspired by Janet's Love Will Never Do music video, which is one of the best of all time. And I just love that she's one of the, like, elite people who got to be shot by him. And I just think that her Brits brings out, like, a a kind of beauty in a person that is so, like, editorial and, like, fashion and simple and just... Like, if you're a beautiful person, if you're a person who just looks like Britney Spears or you just look like Janet Jackson, and then Herb Ritz gets in front of a camera and photographs you or, like, captures your moving image, it's just, like, nothing I've that anyone has ever seen. It's absolutely beautiful. This video actually reminds me a lot of Madonna's Cherish video, which he also directed. Um, Yeah, like, if you're bored and you have YouTube access to the YouTube, please just like watch some fucking Herb Brits videos in a row. And you know, the style of photography, the, the, like the beach and like the sepia tones and the black and white. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And I can honestly say with my entire spirit, I think that I've said this before on the podcast. I don't think I've, I don't think Britney's ever looked more beautiful. I think it's the most beautiful she has ever looked and look no further put the fucking video on right now by the way just watch the video we're talking about it just stop me and then watch it and really pay attention to the scene where she's in the tree the scene where her brits is filming her from underneath and she's in this tree and the sun is hitting her and the wind is blowing her hair and she's like wearing uh, she just looks she is literally glowing and it's not like, you know, it's very like raw and just like, I'm getting creepy actually, I'm going to stop. But yes, that is my favorite Britney Spears music video. I don't talk about it a lot because it, I feel like it, it, it needs explanation when you tell people that, and it's such like a deep cut, you know, obviously if I'm talking to a local, I'll just say like, Oh yeah, I love toxic cause it's just easier. You know what I mean? Okay. So I want to jump now to my favorite Britney live performance. And again, I think the answer might kind of shock you because it's not a VMAs, it's not TRL, it's not like, I don't know, it's not any of the heavy hitters. It is her in the zone performance from her ABC special where she wears the like red like latex corset and those like latex pants and she's got like the fake tattoos on her on her arms. That performance I've probably watched—I—I I, I, I actually couldn't even—I—I I, I don't even want to go there. But there's just something about her like fierceness that night. Honestly, all of the performances from that specific like special, that ABC special, is so, for lack of a better term, special. It's so important. It's so beautifully filmed. I don't know what the fuck that room is that they're that she's performing in, but it's like this kind of gothic looking, like gargoyle, it almost looks like a museum or a church. It's very gothic and it's very intimate. Like there's a very small group of people in that room and it's just really cool. Um, but specifically the performance of Toxic, like during the time that Britney had released Toxic, like when In the Zone had come out this is just my theory. I feel like because she had been performing like consecutively pretty much every other day, if not every day, since she was like 15, her dancing was at this level of like not even being human. Like at the very beginning of Britney's career, I sort of chalk her up to being an athletic dancer. Like her her dancing is an extension of like her gymnastics and you know, the fact that she's been this like high octane athlete basically for her entire life. And you know, that's why you see more of like the backflips and like, like I said, it's an extension of this like training that she's had. Right. And like, you could tell she's an amazing dancer, but it's very like trained and very like, you know, routined and just like, she, you know what I'm trying to say by the time Britney was performing, songs from in the zone her dancing had sort of changed into this other thing where it was just like pouring out of her like she had been consecutively working that muscle for so many years that by the time that album came out she was performing on a level that was just like not it's not it's not human watch i mean i know you've seen clips of it it's always on instagram it's always popping up on youtube like It's definitely not like a rare performance or anything, but I do think it's one that the locals have no idea about. So what I want you to do, this is going to be a real, like you're going to have to be YouTubing a lot in order to follow along. You have to, you know what I mean? (laughs) Go on YouTube and type in Britney Spears Toxic ABC. Like even the speed at which she's dancing is fucking insane. Like it's not normal. And it almost kind of makes me, In a weird way, I won't say sad, but when I look at that, I'm like, yeah, there's no way that a person can maintain this. Like, an adult person, and this is not a slight to Britney, but, like, Britney's not Madonna. Like, Britney doesn't live her life and have every single waking moment of her existence revolve around, like, training to be the perfect pop star, right? So she's not, like denying herself cigarettes and like food and things like madonna literally like basically lives like a vampire all year so that she can be at her best britney's like a normal person performing at this crazy high octane level so when you watch those performances it's like yeah obviously like it makes sense that a person couldn't sustain this even outside of all of the shit that happened to her i do think it's interesting because her dancing style did change so much throughout the years. I do think it's interesting to think like, what would it have been if her career didn't derail? Like, what would Britney Spears's dancing look like if everything went as planned and she then released like Femme Fatale or something, right? What would that look like? Like, what would it look like if, a, if, a, if Britney Spears released blackout and i know that that's impossible because blackout is like such a such an extension of like the darkness of that time but i'm just saying like to put yourself in that headspace of if a 2001 britney spears was dancing to freak show what does that look like you know what i mean anyway we're off we're we're off the rails of course we're 14 minutes in and we're off the rails but this is such a great performance i think it's very underrated I also think it's one of her most Jackson inspired performances, if you will. I'm going to get very deep in meta right now, so just like follow follow along, I will grab you by your pinky and pull you along, let's go. So one of my favorite things about Michael Jackson choreography, like from like the 80s specifically, is that when he would dance in groups, um, he would, how do I say this? He would be in the middle of dancing with, like, a group, right? The Bad video was a good example of this. So he's in the middle of dancing. He's, like, doing this choreographed dancing with a group. Another group of people maybe walk by or come up from behind. And then those people, like, Michael seamlessly incorporates himself into dancing with that group. Like, wherever he goes, a group of people just sort of follow and choreograph dance with him. And you can see a lot of that in this performance. There's like moments where she'll be standing on stage and dancing with, you know, the dancers, and then she'll walk through the group of dancers and come out on another side of it, be facing a different part of the audience, and it's like a completely different performance. It's cool, it's like seamless, and it, it just looks really, the flow of it is really cool. But to me, it's very specific to, like, to Michael Jackson. I think that this is Britney's most Michael Jackson performance, honestly. But yes, if you're bored and you've never seen this in its entirety, I can't recommend it enough. Watch the Britney Spears ABC special. It's on YouTube. It's in 4K. Like, treat yourself, honestly. Now, I'm going to jump to favorite documentary. And uh, ironic that I'm, like, on a vacation right now with Zach because you already know what the fucking answer is. It's Stages. Now, if you haven't listened to my Stages episode with Zach, I really highly suggest it. It's honestly probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever done because I love that documentary so much. And any chance that I get to scream it from the rooftops with a megaphone and a sandwich board, I do. Because for whatever reason, and I think that it's because it's a little too raw. I think that it's maybe a little too, like, candid for what her team was going for at that time but this is the most raw honest vulnerable just incredible moment with her it's just so like I've never watching that documentary I've never felt I was about to say something really creepy I'll it's just us girls I'll say it I'm just gonna say I've never felt closer to her (laughs) uh-huh Right? (laughs) I've never felt closer. Like, I've never felt like, oh, we're friends. (laughs) Until stages. And it's because, like, it's the illusion of, like, it's so fourth wall breaking that it literally feels like you're in the room with her. And uh, the thing that really makes it special is that the person who did all of the filming um, also filmed Grey Gardens. So it's just really, really fucking special that Britney has a film out on her IMDb that is associated with fucking great gardens. Like that's iconic. I can't recommend it enough. If you have, and by the way, I know that I stressed this in the episode, but like when you watch it on YouTube, let the credits roll and then keep watching bitch because it's broken up into two parts. And I don't know why it was done that way. Maybe, like, when it was put online, it, like, got fucked up or whatever. I don't know. But there are two parts. So the first part of it is Britney on tour. Um, It's the Dream Within a Dream tour. It's her life with the dancers and what it's like. And it's very sort of sweet. And it, it feels very innocent. But it's also very, very sad. And it's a real... Reminder that this is like a young girl who basically never gets to be around people her age. She's always around like older businessmen and like managers and stuff, and it just feels very lonely. Like it—it it feels exciting and lonely that she every single night, all she's ever really known, if she's not recording or prefer, you know, or like doing like a a press tour, is going out on stage, doing these giant shows, going to the hotel, being alone, and then doing it again, you know? And at least at this time, she had... I mean, obviously, we know with the conservatorship, things got much worse, but, like, at least back in the day, she had her dancers. And I think her dancers were always a way of, like... I think that her team used to present her dancers as a way to normalize how much she worked. Because they would be like, oh, like, but look, like, she you know, she gets to go to the mall on tour. (laughs) She gets to like stop working for like two or three hours and go to the beach with her dancers. And it's okay that she's not in school and that she didn't get to go to college and that, you know, she's never around people her age because of her dancers. They make her life very normal. It's also really frustrating to watch this documentary because, you know, this is a time in Britney's life when she was, you know, easily the most powerful woman in the world in a lot of ways like she really was the most famous person on the globe but at the same time like she was not in a place of having any sort of ownership of her power or you know you can just tell like she's never been made to feel like she's deserving of like calling the shots and it's it's a really frustrating, really sad thing to watch when you see this young girl that, like, has this orbit around her and all of these people working underneath her. And, you know, she's, like, calling shots and telling people what to do and making decisions and stuff. But there's still this, like, timidness and this fear of not being respectful. And that's so sad because she's surrounded by people who, for the most part, don't really respect her. And when I read later, like, quotes from the director and the producer of that documentary, they talked about that, like, just how weird it was that, you know, she was, like, this walking billboard. And, you know, she was this young person at the center of this, like, billion dollar thing and not really aware of, like, how intense it really was. And she was just, like, this happy-go-lucky, very charming, sweet person who didn't know that, like, You know, her life was about to basically flip upside down. And that's the other thing about Stages that is so gut-wrenching. Because she's so, she looks gorgeous, obviously. But she's very, you can tell she's fucking tired. Stages came out in 2001, I want to say. So, she's working her fucking ass off. And you can just tell that she's exhausted. She's tired. You can feel it. And she's very hopeful because they keep asking her, like, "Well, what's in the, like, what's the future hold for you? What's on the horizon?" And she's like, "Time off, vacation," you know. And she has no idea that that's not really going to ever happen. Like, the way that she thinks that she's going to get time off one day, it ain't going to happen. And when she like tries to force her team to let it happen, they absolutely lose their shit. Like, she couldn't even go on a fucking honeymoon and enjoy herself, you know. So, Stages is really great, it's a it's a really beautiful sort of bookend to this amazing period of her life, um, a very nostalgic, like, a period of her life that's fun to get lost in and reminisce about and, like, pretend that you're still in. There's also some really funny moments, I know that I mentioned that it's, like, so raw and, like, you know, fourth wall breaking that there's moments where, <laughs> like, like, for example, you know, she, like, smokes or whatever. And her cigarettes are like everywhere, like her marble lights are all over the fucking place. And they blur them out (laughs) her cigarettes, as if we don't know that she smokes, you know? And it's just such a reminder of like where we were with her at that time, where they were, her team was so afraid of allowing her to appear human, flawed you know like it's crazy but yes please please watch stages if you haven't ever or haven't in a while and watch it past the pre the uh the credits oh i forgot to mention so after the credits then she goes to japan and it's britney does japan it's britney in japan doing japanese press with japanese interviewers and trying weird japanese foods that are fun and just like that in itself is fun It's 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 Steel Magnolias in Japan I mean what, what could be better Next I want to do my favorite Britney interview And again It's probably not what you're going to be thinking It's not Oprah It sure as fuck Aren't Diane Sire It ain't that Um, It's nothing with like Carson Daly Or anything like that I mean those are all great But listen I'm going to pick my girl Suchin Park and you guys know that, and I feel like every time I say it, somebody giggles. One of you giggles because you think it's a joke, and I'm not joking. It is Su Chin Park. First of all, the suit. I'm overwhelmed now. I'm not saying so that this is where I'm gonna get overwhelmed. The Su Chin Park interview. I highly suggest if you haven't watched it in full, watch it. It's on YouTube again in full. I think it's in HD. Suchin Pak is such a thoughtful interviewer. And one of the things I've always found so fascinating is how different the interviews with her are from back in the day when they're done with like young girls. And I'm not talking about like young, young, but I'm like girls around her age, like women around Britney's age. You know what I mean? Who like kind of understand what she's going through. I don't know why she was so often, well, of course I know why, but like she was so often often interviewed by these old fucking men, these old, rickety, curmudgeonly, buttoned-up, staunch, you know, like, just shitty old men that wanted to fuck her and then punish her for them wanting to fuck her. Like, the interviews were never even really, like, about her, but, like, when you see her with young, younger women, they ask the most thoughtful questions, and Suchin Pak was just so incredibly thoughtful, and, like, warm, and kind during that interview, um, and she actually asked her questions that were, like, really interesting, because that's the other thing, is you'll notice, like, in old Britney interviews, they ask her the dumbest questions, and she's a very insightful person, like, she had a lot of, like, deep thoughts about her career, and her albums, and, and all these things, and they would ask her about her belly, and kissing Madonna, and, You know, just, like, the most surface-level, dumb, like, People magazine stupid shit. And I just always really appreciated... Like, I'm using Su Chen kind of as, like, the face of all of, like, the MTV VJs and, like, all of the young women that interviewed her during that time and, like, really saw her as, like, a human being. Those are the interviews that I like to go back and look at the most. I find them to be very insightful. I just posted an interview with her and Kat Dealey on my Instagram. um, Another perfect example of somebody who, you know, asked her really thoughtful, insightful, fun, interesting questions about like her thought process and not like, how do you keep your abs so tight? You know what I mean? One of my favorite moments from the Suchin interview is when she asks her like, How do you approach guys when you go out? Like, do you walk up to them? Do you let them come up to you? Like, you're Britney Spears. So, like, how do you go out to, like, a bar and, like, talk to a guy? And Britney was like, oh, like, I'll go up to them and just, like, start dancing on them or something. First of all, could you imagine? Could you you imagine Britney Spears sauntering over to you, rocking her hips to, like, grind them on your crotch? I would literally i literally pee on her back. I'm not even kidding. I would pee. I'd pee on the floor, on myself, and on Britney. And I hate that, but it's true. But anyway, so she asks her, like, you know, what, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I go up and, like, well, and I dance with them. And then su like, well, what if they can't dance? Like, what do you do if a guy, like, can't dance? And you just, like, walk up to him and start dancing. And she basically... She gets so comfortable in the interview that she's like, oh, then I just, like, we will give him a lap dance. Like, she basically says passively, like, I'll just grind on him until he, until he, like, is a good dancer. <laughs> and then she, like, kind of notice realizes what she says, because she's so comfortable with Suchin Park that she's just, like, saying anything. And those are the moments that I love. Like, those are really great, great Britney moments. There's another Britney interview from a few years prior, and... She basically gets so comfortable with this girl. And if you're a Britney fan, you'll already know what I'm talking about. But she basically gets so comfortable with this girl that's interviewing her that she kind of admits to not being a virgin accidentally because the girl is doing like yes or no questions like popcorn or chips or like whatever. And she says like on top or like on bottom or something and Britney like looks over at her team and she's like on top (laughs) and it's like a few years prior to 2001 so you know that they probably lost their shit but I think it was a European interview so she could be a little bit more a little bit more frisky. Okay now next I want to switch over to some fashions. I want to talk about Britney's red carpet looks and her streetwear looks. I'm going to tell you my two favorite Starting with Red Carpet. It, again, it's not the VMAs. It's not, you know, um, the American Music Awards or anything like that. It's it's going to throw you a bit, but just go with me. Now, while you're listening to me, I want you to Google Britney Spears' 2004 gold dress. You actually can just Google Britney Spears' gold dress and it pops right the fuck up because it's so iconic. Um, She looks like it's just I don't have the words it's this gold I'm gonna describe it so the top of the dress is this nude corset right and it's like a see-through body corset and then it's covered in these gold just adorn like there's rhinestones and sequins and just like it's so like Vegas and so like luck be a lady but it's like really (laughs) but it's so beautiful and she just she is literally radiating the light as oprah would say she is radiating the light she carries it in this moment and then the bottom is like covered in the gold but it's got these long like to her knees almost beaded strands and the strands are beaded with this gold, this gold, like gold beading. And it, she literally looks like a human Oscar. Like it's just the most stunning. I think it's the most stunning she's ever looked on a red carpet. Like it's unbelievable. Now, if you've watched any episodes of Troy and Zach Chaotic, you kind of already know what I'm going to say is my favorite like streetwear look. I don't know if I really have a specific favorite, but what I will tell you is that I loved in... I'm going to say that it was, like, between 2001 and, like, 2004. Britney was, like, a vintage distressed, ripped-up, low-rise denim, vintage t-shirt, cool vintage jacket or coat, vintage hat girl. Like, she really had become, like, this cool, like, thrift girl. And you could tell that her style, like, her favorite sort of, like, vintage era was this sort of 70s like late 60s sort of like flower power but like not really it's more like um that's why i always say that she like <laughs> during this time she dresses like penny lane like she dresses like kate uh hudson in almost famous it's almost identical like it's actually kind of creepy how similar the the vibe is it's definitely just like cool girl style You know what I mean? And to me, it's the most sort of defining Britney Spears style outside of like, you know, her being styled for like award shows and things and having us like her getting dressed herself and going outside. To me, when I think of Britney Spears getting dressed and like going and doing things, I think of her in this sort of look like this, like ripped up denim, like vintage t-shirt, cool jacket with like fur trim cowboy boot kind of vibe okay let's get into some music now okay so I decided to break it up between album and era and I know that that probably seems a little redundant but I have a different favorite Britney album than I do era and I don't even know if that makes any sense but I do so you guys know that my favorite Britney album is in the zone I think that it is a timeless masterpiece. I think that it is Britney's, like, auntie. I think it's her ray of light. I think it's, like, it's her artistic peak to me. I know that people would argue that with me because of Blackout, and I get that. And we can can fucking spar, girl. We can go out in in the parking lot and really catch each other's hands. But I believe that In the Zone is just absolutely perfect. Like from beginning to end, it's perfection. And you guys know that that's what I call Britney's Drew Barrymore phase. Like it's her flower child, free spirit, exploration. I wanna try things with girls. I wanna try things with boys. I wanna talk about masturbation. I wanna explore my sexuality in a way that is completely ruled by me. You know, to me, that's what that album represents is her for the first time in her life exploring her sexuality in a way that is not having to do with other people or like, you know, her her team or whatever. It's like her just being like, hey, I've discovered in my 20s that I really like to masturbate and I'm going to tell you about it. I also love this album because, as I've said before, it's the last traditional Britney Spears album release And for that reason alone, it is important and special. It's the last time that Britney Spears released an album, you know, under normal circumstances. Where Britney Spears, that we've always known, that we grew up with, goes out on tour and promotes an album and does you know, music videos and all the things, and none of it has to do with, like, her team or the conservatorship, and, you know, it's decisions that she's making on her own. Like, I know that, like, Blackout happened and Glory happened, and there are all these moments where Britney then got to, like, explore other artistic expressions and things and things, whatever, but you know what I mean. Like, In the Zone, to me, is the last traditional Britney album, just old-school Britney, after that things get weird you know now my favorite britney era as i said is different than my favorite album my favorite era is actually the britney era (laughs) the release of the britney album that whole era and i'm gonna explain to you why they're different within the zone you know there like we had like the the onyx hotel tour which was incredible but we know that there was like issues with it the the downside of in the zone is that it's when britney's personal life merged with her career in a way that felt like we couldn't go back like at that moment she had become a tabloid fixture in a way where it was almost like It had become impossible for her, for her to even, like, be the traditional pop star she was before. You know what I mean? And I know that she got hurt on that tour. Like, I know that. Or whatever, the knee. But let's be honest. Like, her getting hurt was probably the happiest she's ever been. Like, not being able to perform, not being able to do music videos, not being able to go to do the tour and just hang out and get fucked by Kevin all day. She was ecstatic, you know? And that tour isn't the reason that it's not my favorite era. It just, there is a sort of darkness to it, you know? And I never forget that. Like, whenever I think of In The Zone, I think about how much I love it, but I also think of, like, the Diane Sawyer stuff and the Justin stuff, and it's just a really dark period. Whereas with the Britney album, that to me is the the most, like, like, the Britney machine was so intact and everything was so perfectly in place. And, you know, there had been no stumbles at that up to that point, really. There had been little mini controversies and bombs that needed to be, you know, uh, detonated. But for the most part, like, the Britney era was such a polished, amazing pop star era, right? Her performance ability at the time was just... You know, I would I would honestly say it may be even better than in the zone. And I know that that contradicts what I said earlier, but like the dream within a dream tour, the way Britney was dancing. It's not human. It's not normal. It's not a normal way of dancing. I don't think people realize that like it's not like Britney is at her peak was beyond just being like a good dancer. It was literally watching a person whose body like spoke through music it was fucking crazy so like the dream within a dream tour is just so so perfect it's one of the best pop star tours i think in the history of music the album was incredible the whole tour like the press tour the interviews all of her looks, it was all just so perfect. And to me, it's just fun to celebrate a time when Britney Incorporated was just so perfectly intact. Do you know what I mean? And I know that there's darkness there too, and there are things that we can look back on and be like, well, that's really fucked up. But it just hits different. You know, she wasn't being like tortured by the media yet. And she was able to live like a very normal life. And I just, I look back at that time with a lot of fondness, I guess, maybe because I was young. It could be because I was so young and I wasn't able to see it, you know, fully. But even now, when I look back as an adult, I'm like, yeah, that was an amazing time. Probably one of her most enjoyable periods of her career, I would have to think. Okay, so I said that I was gonna maybe do my favorite Britney paparazzi video, and I think that I am going to add that in here, because why not? When am I gonna get the opportunity to do this again? My favorite Britney Spears paparazzi video, and I know many of you would think that it's probably like the, the Holy Trinity or like her in Paris going out or whatever. To be completely honest with you, those Paris videos really trigger me and I don't really like enjoy watching them. They feel predatory to me. They're not like fun. Like I don't think that those are fun. Like all of those men like screaming obscenities at her and like screaming shit at her about her kids and about Kevin and like... You know them trying to get the crotch shot like just being behind the camera as somebody's filming it when she goes to sit in the car and they like drop down to the ground so that they can film her vagina like to me it's not fun or funny at all it's just predatory and gross and creepy and it gives me a lot of anxiety if i'm being honest with you when i watch those videos i don't think that they're funny like the, 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 the images of those nights, of course, live in infamy, and I've looked at them a million times, but I don't, like, love those videos. Um, my fa- <laughs> I don't know if I could pick a single favorite. I do have many favorites, obviously. I will say one of my favorite Britney paparazzi videos is when she, the one where she's ordering McDonald's in the drive-thru. And again, it is very, like, psychotic. She's, like, 25 guys filming her outside her car. And the weird thing about Britney's paparazzi videos from that time is, like, you do sort of have to suspend reality a little bit. Like, like I have to remind myself sometimes that even though these men were, like, hunting her and psychotic and whatever, at the time, she was, like, living, laughing, and loving the attention that she was getting from these paparazzi. And, you know, she would, like, taunt them and chase them have them chase her around la and whatever because she was fucking bored and like couldn't be around her kids and she was manic right so she had this very interesting very nuanced relationship with the paparazzi that i believe has been lost in translation in the like retelling of britney's life and all these documentaries and you know they don't really talk about that i think that they did in the netflix one a little bit that she had a relationship with them that was toxic, that at times was like very supportive and they would pump her gas and change her tires and give her directions and be really sweet. And sometimes they would like buy her stuff. Like if she was at like Rite Aid or whatever, they would like pay for her when she checked out or whatever, they were like respectful. And then there are other times, of course, where they would be, like I said, screaming stuff at her about her kids and trying to get her to, like, react or to cry or, like, whatever. It was just, it's it's really intense. But anyway, keeping this fun, Jesus, one of my favorite Britney videos is when she's at the McDonald's drive-thru and, you know, she the, the paparazzi would always, like, order for her, you know? So she would, like, crack the window and then just, like, tell the paparazzi what she wanted and then they would order the food. And uh, she looked at the menu and she goes She goes, sir Sir And then when he comes to When he comes to the thing she goes Um, I'd like to have The beef up your appetite (coughs) (laughs) Obviously reading like the description Of one of the value meals or something You know And the guy's like, what? And she's like, the beef up your appetite (laughs) And, like, even, like, the paparazzi are, like, laughing because it's, like, that's not, like, a thing you can order, the beef up your appetite. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the same that's the same, the the same video where she says, uh, when they were, like, what do you want to drink? And she goes, Coke. (laughs) Fanta, or or that might actually be Fanta, Fanta, no Coke. Iconic either way. Fanta, Fanta, no Coke. Uh, (laughs) um. That's a great one. I love those like fast food ones for some reason. They always like used to tickle me. I also have to be honest in saying that I absolutely adore the one where she screams at Sam Luffy in front of the paparazzi and embarrasses him on purpose. (laughs) I want you to get out of the car. Get out, get out, get out. Get out of the car. You're gonna sit right here. That to me is iconic. Like in him just completely like emasculated getting out of the car on the highway and sitting in the passenger seat and like her pointing to the seat and telling him where to go. Like that is just like s- burned into my brain. Get out, get out, get out. You're gonna sit right here. Of course, another classic is, uh oh my God, like where's Lindsay Lohan? Oh my God, that one is also amazing. Britney's Valley Girl paparazzi, like making fun of being Britney Spears voice is amazing. Oh my God, where's Lindsay Lohan? This is the last thing I'll say about them, I promise. But the shopping ones are also very fun, like the clothes shopping paparazzi videos where Britney knows first of all where they shut the store down for her, and she knows that. But this to me is like an early two thousands like celebutante rite of passage. The moment, like the moment where like the store shuts down for you, like Kitson shuts shuts its doors for you, and you're Lindsay Lohan or Paris or Britney or Misha or whoever. And you shop in front of the window because you want the photos of you buying clothes. Like, you know, those were a big deal back in the day. Like pictures of celebrities shopping and then leaving wearing new clothes was how we determined what the style was going to be. So then we would like look at for the young for the kids. I'm telling the kids, you know. So we would look at like Us Weekly and like these magazines and we would wait to see like what Nicole Richie in Paris and these people, what they were like wearing from being photographed at like Kitson. And then that's what would be in style. So then you would see those clothes in like Urban Outfitters or whatever. So I love the videos of Britney shopping and them shutting down the store and her doing little photo shoots in front of the window and like trying on hats and glasses and like just being very silly and like living for the attention. I love those. Now we are at 45 minutes. I must be going, but I do want to leave you with my favorite Britney quote. And this one actually won't surprise you at all. This one won't shock you. The minute I start saying it, you'll know what I'm about to say and you'll know exactly why people can take everything away from you, but they can never take away your truth. But the question is, can you handle mine? Can you handle Britney Spears' truth? And I just think that statement is so layered and it's so... Complex when you think about it. And the fact that it it relates to so many women in her position, like in history, I I immediately think of Marilyn Monroe. She's another person that, that 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 quote like perfectly makes sense for. That people can take everything from you, but they can't take your truth. And like at the end of the day, could you really handle somebody's truth? Like, can you really handle the truth and not like the studio like Hollywood studio MGM story that was like made for this person you know like can you really handle who I actually am and I just love that because the world's never really been able to accept Britney for who she is her truth and I just I love that quote I think it's perfectly said it perfectly represents every phase of her life and uh I'll probably get it tattooed on me at some point in my life Maybe this weekend. Maybe I'll say fuck it. way, I love you guys so much. Can you believe I'm going to go meet Nev Campbell tomorrow? Are you dying for me? I'll report back. I will let you know how it goes. We're at like 50 minutes. I feel like this is good, right? We're good. I love you guys. I will talk to you next week. I hope that this was enjoyable. Anyways, bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McHee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at Dunzo Pod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.